I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Kelly Holderman, who is the co-founder and CEO of an incredible brand new brand or fairly new brand called Purdy. So if you haven't heard of Purdy yet, you're going to be very excited uh, to hop on their website and check it all out. So Purdy is a women's golf apparel brand that offers a West Coast designs and uh, also has an incredible community around it too. Their clothing is inspired by the power of female friendship and the West Coast aesthetic with durable, lightweight, and moisture wicking fabric. So if you play golf or if you just want to look like you're playing golf too, maybe you've uh, got some other ideas for some other sports that you want to be wearing a lot of uh, a lot of what Purdy has to offer. We'll get into that, I'm sure, but it's quickly becoming a fast favorite for so many. And I'm super excited to speak with Kelly today. She actually, the company is based out of San Diego. We were just chatting about that one of my favorite cities. So I'm very, very excited to have you here today, Kelly. Welcome. Thank you, Kara. I'm so excited to be here. And um, thank you for the warm and fantastic introduction. I too am super excited to share more about Purdy and um, talk with you. So thanks for having me here this morning. Absolutely. So can you share kind of the inspiration and journey behind founding Purdy. I know that you're a first-time entrepreneur and you had not actually done a direct-to-consumer play and certainly not in the golf space. So what was the inspiration behind this and what were you doing before? Yeah, I know you've talked um, on some of your other podcasts about how um, you know entrepreneurs come to the surface and how ideas are um, transpire into actually following them. And this was really just, um, you know, for what it's, you want to call it a divine timing, so to speak. But um, I worked in the corporate world for almost 20 years and a transactional basis um, in commercial real estate. Um, I realized I was kind of missing something from that career. Um, and um, COVID hit, um, which was a crazy time for everybody. Um, and during COVID, uh, Golf courses were one of the only things open. I know this is not a story that is unique to just myself or the founders. A lot of people uh, kind of discovered golf in COVID. Um, and mm-hmm. it was open and it was, um, we're all going nuts, staying inside. I have three kids of my own, lots of homeschooling happening. Uh, so we took to the course um, and there was about eight of us women that started to go on a regular basis um, and really figured out that COVID, as terrible as it was, uh, one, I guess, silver lining from it was it, it ended up removing this veil of intimidation from the sport of golf for us because we went and golfed out of the fact that it was the only thing open. And once we got out there, we realized we had this insanely um, supportive community of women out there that were golfing uh, and realized that, 
you don't have to be amazing. You don't have to have been raised in a country club or given private lessons. Um, and you really don't have to be good to set foot on a golf course. There are rules to respect and there are um, dress codes that people follow and that are set in stone in certain places. But at the end of the day, the connection that we felt with our group of women and being able to get on the course um, was really fulfilling. And we realized we were kind of transitioning even after COVID our, you know, monthly or weekly times to get together and connect with each other. Uh, instead of the standard out of the box, you know, let's go to dinner and drinks. It was, let's go to the golf course. Uh, we're outside. Um, we're fueled by this fresh air. We're moving our bodies. The connection is, um, you know, exponentially better when you're just sitting in a cart with somebody and in dead silence with no distractions. Um, and so it really became a routine. And as we started to elevate our game past, you know, the little local course, we realized, yes, there are dress codes um, and that there was nothing we could find that really felt like it made us feel confident um, and feminine and fun and a style that we wanted to embrace. So um, it really ended up being the timing of that, along with um, leaving the career that I had done for a while and just seeking something new. Uh, and really, it kind of smacked me in the face that what I was lacking before was connection and and the ability to do this um, and connect with my co-founders at a very, you know, very, very strong level because we founded a company together. Um, and then just this community of people that we've grown to golf and encouraging more women to golf and to feel good when they're doing it um, was really the, the basis for why we started Pretty. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think, and makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's awesome. So describing Purdy, I mean, you talked a little bit about that you couldn't find, but what, what will people see when they go to the Purdy site? Yeah. Um, so we have three minds that have come together. Uh, one of our co-founders is an interior designer. She has a very edgy eye for design. Um, and between the three of us, we've really uh, come together with se- several priorities, which is kind of have less of a, um, you know, I hate using the word, but um, preppy aesthetic be- mm-hmm. that's traditionally been affiliated with golf and golf clothing. Um, and to create pieces and clothing that are is versatile, right? So, um, you know, given my experience in the in the commercial real estate world, I would join golf outings with a lot of men very infrequently compared to how often they would golf. And I would scurry to go pick out an outfit 
Um, and it would be not flattering. It really felt like it was a men's line that was kind of, um, you know, slightly altered to fit a woman. Um, so the priority of um, Purdy is to, if you're going to spend the money on golf clothing, have it be versatile, not sit in your closet between tea times. The shirt I'm wearing right now is um, is a Purdy piece that is very golf course appropriate. It's moisture wicking. It moves with you. You can sweat in it. I can also wear it on a hike and I can also wear it to a casual business meeting. Um, so that was really the goal behind it was to have versatility. And then of course, a style that uh, doesn't really feel like it's been met yet, which is, you know, kind of West Coast vibe. Um, we have a lot of connections to Lake Tahoe, um, Southern California, obviously being in San Diego. Um, and we don't really feel like that that vibe and aesthetic have been pulled through to any women's golf clothes so far. So that was those are really kind of the core of the um, apparel that we offer. So did any of you have apparel uh, backgrounds or how did you pull this together? Yeah, um, short answer is no. Um, so there's definitely a lot of layers to this business that um, parallel with things that we've all done in our past. Um, Kendra being a, a designer, um, obviously is very focused on materials and patterns and colors. Um, so that has parlayed great into the design of our clothing. Um, and Jamie, our other co-founder is um, actually used to be a social worker. Um, and she's really played a, an integral part in kind of understanding like the, the wants, needs and shopping patterns of our um, customers. Um, and I'm a numbers person and love like kind of the back end of it all and um, just, you know, producing it all. So we short answer is no, we did not have any, um, any history in it. But I actually think in hindsight, that was uh, a gift because uh, we did ha- try to hire a consultant at first to kind of help guide us through it. And what we ended up finding is that she was trying to repeat what had already been done, but uh, was not, in our opinion, succeeding, you know, within the industry and, and women's golf apparel. Um, and after that, we just kind of, as I said, went and pounded pavement, which meant we went into the LA fashion district and met with everybody and anybody that we could that was a, a supplier of fabric, um, a designer, a production team. And all of our stuff is manufactured in LA by design because we wanted to be there and keep tabs on it, know who's sewing, know who's um, dyeing our fabrics, know where all this is happening, check in on it. Um, and so we're lucky enough that LA is, you know, not too far from us. And so we were able to just get there and do it ourselves. Um, that being said, we, we founded our company in 2021 and we didn't launch until 2023, March of 2023. So we really took two years to educate ourselves on how we would want to do this if we were to do it, what we consider the right way. And how did you figure out like what you would launch with um, initially? So what was kind of the, you know, sort of core items that you said, you know, here's Purdy? Yeah, um, <clears throat> that's a great question. So we definitely tested the market with some smaller I- items, um, some hats and t-shirts, uh, just to kind of see if the aesthetic of what we were going for was something that appealed to people. Um, and the hats and the t-shirts um, are, they have a, a slower um, ramp up time, or sorry, a shorter ramp up time so we could get them to market quicker. And the feedback was great. And people loved the aesthetic, loved that it wasn't um, elevating golf to this, like, you know, um, this this level of like being 
untouchable, right? It felt comfortable and it felt um, at, on an even playing field with people that they wanted to wear it. So that kind of told us that we were in the right direction. Um, and then from there, we really figured out what are pieces from each of our lives that we would wear to golf that we would then also wear somewhere else. Um, we knew that our price point would be indicative of being manufactured in LA with very, very, very quality uh, materials and craftsmanship. And we felt very strongly that whatever we were going to design, you could wear to happy hour, you could wear to a business meeting, you could wear running around. Um, and so the versatility of it um, was really primary and um, paramount in what we designed. So we came out with, um, I think, Four, three or four tops, um, a skirt and some bottoms at first, just to kind of get the basics out there. So what were some of the biggest challenges or obstacles that you faced when you were first getting going? I mean, things that maybe you just had never dealt with in your own career. You were established in commercial real estate, but, uh, but this was, you know, these are widgets, right? Like sending apparel. <laughs> Um, packaging. I can only imagine sizing. We've had many people on who have started different uh, apparel brands in different categories, and it's um, it's it runs the gamut of what the biggest challenges were for people. But I'm curious for you guys. Yeah, um, I think for us, just um, understanding when no really means no and no means maybe. So um, you're relying on professionals to tell you what can and can't be done. Um, and sometimes they say no. And, you know, I kind of, um, I think it's akin to when I remodeled my house, my contractor would always say, no, that can't be done. And I'd say, but here it is. It has been done. It can be done. So um, really just kind of like pushing the envelope, um, but respectfully with vendors and saying, it might not be something you've been doing, but feel like it can be done. Can we dig a little deeper? Um, I think that part has been hard. And I think for me personally, I did come from a corporate world that was transactional and contractual deadlines and fine print and all the things. Um, but I'm lucky enough now to work with a lot of people with very creative minds. Um, and a lot of times I think that the creative minds don't operate on that transactional deadline kind of, kind of um, so mindset. So that transition has been, has been very um, apparent. Yeah, no, I think that's so true. And especially the transition of, uh, you know, you're, you're a brand new name, right? You're new to them. Right. There's no relationship, right? But also you're a brand new brand. And so I think it's like, um, they're way more important than than you are, right? <laughs> Especially initially when you're just trying to get samples out and um, you're yep. at the bottom of the totem pole versus being at the top. And I think it's always like, you know, really hard. I hear this a lot, even people who have been in the industry that they're going into, that it's like when you come from a large apparel brand and then all of a sudden you're, you know, Going in trying to create a brand new something, it's it's uh, very different. The terms are different. The timing is different. Everything is is so different. So I think it's like, um, you know, you have to get yourself back up, especially during those times that are super challenging. Yeah, and I think you just really have to anticipate that and build into your 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 toughness, your emotions, your timelines, and everything. The fact that something's not going to go right, 
And it's not a indicative of failure. It's indicative of improving your overall process and your overall end product. So how do you figure out that things are working, right? That that it's like, this is a business. This is, um, I know that you self-funded this to date and now you guys are going out to do bigger funding. And so how do you figure that out as a brand new founder that this is something that, you know, if we had more capital, we could do X. We've got the consumers that are really excited about what we're doing. Obviously, you guys are building a great community too, but what do you, like, what are the data points that you sit there and say, like, we've got it. We just need, you know, it's more capital to be able to. Yeah, Yeah. that's a great question. Um, So I kind of have called this our red shirt year. We launched in March of last year. Um, And if, you know, if you don't follow college sports, it's it's your year to kind of like, you know, get your feet wet and not actually count towards your four collegiate years of sports. And so we launched in March of last year, uh, which was a couple months after the PGA show, which is a big kind of springboard and launching um, spot for smaller emerging brands such as ourselves. Uh, We missed that last year for reasons out of our control. Um, So we really actually, again, Divine Time had this this 10 months, call it, to kind of have our redshirt year to test things, figure out, get honest feedback. Um, And we really haven't uh, thrown a ton of money at like artificially gaining uh, customers at this point. Um, And not for for reasons I don't need to go into, and I can if you want, but um, we've grown our community from what I call like arm's length and community, meaning community is our customers, right? Um, And I think that uh, the the short answer is that community of people are people that have become customers of ours um, through, and we've never had negative feedback. I shouldn't say never, we've had very, very little negative feedback on our apparel even when we're seeking it. And we are very much of the opinion, like we've checked our ego at the door, whatever you want to tell us to improve, we're all ears, right? Like what we do with that information is up to us, but please tell us. Um, And so the feedback has been resounding that people love what we're doing. They love what we're making. Um, We've been very focused on making apparel that's for every woman's body. Um, Our three founders have different bodies, I mean, you couldn't pick people that have three different complete silhouettes. So um, we've really tried to address that in what we design and how we design it so that every single woman can find something to feel confident. And we've we've heard the messaging that that is happening. Um, and I think if you're going to dig into data, our return customer rate is great for a small brand that hasn't spent on targeting people through a ton of ads and stuff like that. Um, our return customer rate is um, is, is really, really good. Um, and our return rate is almost negligible. So, um, returning meaning, uh, returning of items. So that's awesome. So social media, how important has social media been for your brand in, in terms of growing it? I would imagine you have very limited marketing, uh, dollars that you're putting towards, um, you know, you're not doing Super Bowl ads or anything like that. So how have you guys used social media? Yeah. So social media, my goodness, that is like, that's the, the, you know, the beast, the, the, it's just, it's very, it can be so overwhelming. And I think that you can get lost in the social media web so easily. Um, And the initial reaction is to just do a little of everything and, 
you need this many followers so quickly. And of course, that's a very important part of growth and a part of getting there. Um, we kind of dialed it back a little bit, stayed in our three foot world, so to speak, and tried to really develop some um, authentic, direct connections with people in the industry, uh, whether or not there's somebody that's going to help elevate our brand or not, but just trying to understand like the who's in the industry, who's willing to give us feedback, um, influencers, people in the PGA, LPGA, um, we're trying to really focus on that younger um, generation of women golfing who is that percentage of young female golfers is growing so much. It makes me so happy um, knowing that. But they're going to want, they're growing up. It's like that Lululemon model, right? Where moms and daughters are wearing the same thing. Um, and we really see that kind of translating to to golf and, and female golfers eventually. Um, I don't know if that's that awesome. Question. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think you did. But so currently, you're on direct to consumer. Uh, you're selling. Are you selling in stores too? Within golf stores, within any clubs? Um, yeah. So we've we've tested a few clubs. Um, so we are actually it's it's timely because next week we are going to the PGA show, which is in Orlando, and that is one of the biggest, um, most premier buying. Um, conventions, I hate that word, but um, opportunities for retailers. Um, so next week will be really a great um, launching pad for us in terms of scaling our ability to be in more and more clubs. So by the, I think I kind of mentioned before, but by us launching in March of last year, we missed that buying window, which was actually a blessing in disguise. We got to really understand our customers and feedback before we were pushing it down clubs' throats, right? And we, now we have a little street credit um, and we can really talk to these buyers and understand what they what they want and need and also understand um, that their actual um, members in these clubs and are, are asking for Purdy to be in the club and, and are telling us, please, can you be in my club? Can you be in my club? And so now we have actual... Um, ability to talk to these buyers and say, hey, you know, this is the feedback we're getting. Um, and then it's up to them. What have you seen in in terms of uh, your launch as kind of the, uh, the thing that surprised you the most? Maybe you um, were putting, uh, maybe you just assumed that, that, everybody was a certain size or maybe you should have more sizes or maybe certain colors or is there anything that's been sort of surprising to you? Yeah. Um, two things. One, um, being that the, the amount of support from women in, in, in the community of people we've met and just online and reaching out and saying, amazing job. So proud of you guys. Keep going has been so cool. It really has just been uh, right when you just feel like, oh my God, I'm spinning. This is a lot. Um, you know, it's the shot in the arm that you need. And it's actually one of the reasons we always try to go. Um, we, we do a lot of in-person events and we ourselves get on the plane and go do the events and meet the people. It breathes life when you just feel a little bit overwhelmed, which is the natural part of being an entrepreneur. And it develops that connection that I was talking about before. Um, I think second of all um, is something that we would love to change is um, feedback that women who aren't, um, how do I say this? You know, 
I really think that that this generation is getting away from stick thin models everywhere. And there's nothing against thin people. There's nothing against um, people of all any body size and shape um, should feel comfortable and receiving feedback from people that they shouldn't play golf because they don't fit into the clothes is mm. really heartbreaking and something that is near and dear to us trying to solve. Um, so everyone should try our clothing, clothing on and feel like they can wear it onto the golf course and they should not have the clothing be a barrier to entry for them playing golf in any form ever. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, when, when you look at community overall and you touched on this a bit, but that how you really feel like, uh, your audience is showing up, but how do you build community? Like, how do you even start to build that and get people kind of talking about that? I think a lot of people feel like uh, they want to have more community for brands, but it's hard, right? It's hard to tell people like, I'm open. I guess that's what you start with, but how do you really start doing that? And, you know, what kind of tactics do you think are really important for consumers? Yeah. Um, Sticky with, with you. Yeah, I think that um, we've really focused on what we call experiential retail. Um, So yes, it's still direct to consumer, um, but it's experiential in the fact that uh, someone's holding a golf club or at an event and Purdy's there with them and they're able to touch, see, feel, um, and gain um, trust with our brand and with us as human beings. Um, They're also able to feel the materials. Um, and they're able to um, experience kind of that herd mentality of other people saying, oh, my God, I, I bought this. It was so great. I love it. I'm buying another one. Um, and you can't replicate that through the Internet. And eventually you have to. But that person tells their friend. And that is kind of that that founder's grit street marketing that there's no way around um, other than to get out and do it. And eventually, as you grow, we, we will have more people doing that Um for us. But, you know, I think one of the highlights of our year last year was um, a gal who we um, met through the community, through social media. Um, and she was kind of starting her own, um, you know, golf influencer type thing. Um, and as as a bit of a side gig, but she just felt very aligned with, uh, with Purdy in terms of, um, of a lot of things. Her And so uh, we kind of got to know her better via Instagram. We had a call with her. She had some fundraisers we were trying to help with. Um, and she lives in Nebraska or sorry, Wisconsin. Hmm. And she said, you know what? Um, I've been really pushing to have an inaugural women's member guest. A lot of country clubs, if you're not familiar with golf, will have what's called a member guest where a member can invite a guest and it's a whole weekend long. Uh, it's fun. There's dinners, there's drinks, there's a lot of socializing. People dress up. Um, and this particular club, they had never had a female uh, member guest ever in their history. Hmm. And she pioneered um, having that at her club and called us and said, would you guys be a part of this? I, I know it's a crazy ask. And we looked and we're like, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now. This is exactly what our brand is about. And we've got on a plane, flew to Wisconsin, golfed in the event, met an entire tribe of people that we're so aligned with. Um, and yeah, we did come back with a lot of new customers, but we came back with like people knowing that we are a face and a, and a, um, 
you know, we're cheering them on. We're, we're cheerleaders for what they're doing and the brand is aligned with it. I love it. So what is your hope for Purdy in the future? I mean, what is, uh, if five years from now or maybe sooner than that, what do you hope to be able to make this brand uh, out to be? Um, we would love to just be able to grow in the sense that we can offer more products um, and more options. So scaling our, our production would be great. Um, and marketing so that, you know, like we can't get out and get in front of every single person that probably would want to experience and, and buy Purdy. We can't, we can't get in front of every one of them physically. Um, so being able to reach them through other avenues um, is a goal. Um, but in five years, uh, we just hope Purdy is, you know, a name brand when it comes to women in golf and young females in golf. Um, and people want to wear it not only because they feel good in it and because they like the style, but they want to wear it because it represents like, you know, the evolution and a new era of golf apparel and golf in itself for women. Definitely. So Kelly Holderman, thank you so much. Co-founder and CEO of Purdy. We'll have all the info in the show notes, but really appreciate you coming on and good luck with everything. You guys are off to an thank amazing so start and yeah, totally. And uh, very, very excited. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to the Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. I would love to hear from you too. So feel free to DM me. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Undaunted, where I share more about my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now.